Last Sunday morning, I started in, a, in a, the theme of wisdom, the theme of wisdom, and I want to continue with that uh, this evening, and I want you to turn over to the book of James if you have uh, your Bible with you or your phone <coughs> in James 3, because James talks about wisdom. And we talked about, you know, wisdom is not just wise sayings or somebody that, that has grown older in their years and, you know, all of a sudden they're wise because they've, they've lived life, you know. There's many people that have lived life, but they still aren't any wiser because they're not making wise decisions. And then there are those that even from a young age, they, they are wise in their decisions because they choose from a young age to implement wise things. So it has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with how well you apply the principles of God in your life. And I want to talk this evening, before we dig too much deeper, I want to briefly go over uh, four types of wisdom that James talks about in chapter 3 and verse, let's start at verse 13. <coughs> it says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Now, I want to stop there for a second because it says, let his works show, let, his, let it show in his conduct that his works are done, that the wisdom is shown through works. It's shown by how we live. It's shown by our conduct, the decisions that we make, the, the path that we take. You know, wisdom is not just a, a bunch of brilliant sayings and, and we just have, you know, all these wise words and we, we can use lots of big words and bring them together and nobody has any idea what we're saying. That's not wisdom. Wisdom will come out by the fruit that we bear, the conduct that we show. So wisdom, you'll be able to see wisdom on people by the life that they live. How much peace is in their life? Do they apply wisdom? Because remember, wisdom is application of the knowledge and the understanding that you have. If you remember, we talked about knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. There are three different things, although they are wrapped together very closely. You can have knowledge of something, but not understand it, right? And I used, I think, the example of my, my algebra class, that I was going through the motions. I had knowledge that, yeah, I'm in algebra, and there's letters involved in the equation, but I don't understand why the letters are there. I don't understand why I'm trying to solve for C. And then a little later, uh, the formula starts to begin to make a little bit of sense as the teacher's putting up, a, putting up the formula. If you go through these steps every time, then you'll end up with the answer. Okay, I understand how to get the answer, but I still don't know how to use it. I still don't know how to apply it in my life. Wisdom is the application of the knowledge and the understanding. So each one of these things is a different element, even though they're wrapped closely together. So let's move on, and it says in verse 14, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing 
is there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And so we see here, it mentions that this certain type of wisdom, when the fruit is self-seeking, when it's boastful, if it's bitter, if it's envious, when it's uh, self-seeking, confusion, and every evil thing, that's even though someone might sound very wise in what they're saying, but if they're boasting, that's not wisdom from heaven. If they're self-seeking, if the end result is self-seeking, that's not wisdom from heaven. So we see some fruit coming out of different types of wisdom. So he says there's a, a type of wisdom that is earthly, sensual, and demonic, and then there is also a wisdom that comes from above, a heavenly divine wisdom. So let's go over these quickly uh, before we dig too much deeper. So first of all, earthly wisdom. It talks about earthly wisdom. This is a, a natural wisdom pertaining to life. It's wisdom that pertains to, uh, let's say you take a seed, you put a seed in the ground, and, and then you go and you, you water that seed, and that seed begins to, to uh, take root and bear fruit, right? We expect it. In fact, we'll go out and we'll pull the weeds around it, and we'll water it and take care of it. That is a natural type of earthly wisdom. So we expect that to happen because it's part of the physics of the laws of nature. It's built into the earth. It's built into the way that the earth and that life happens. Um, let's take also a, a child, for instance. <clears throat> a child, you don't have to teach a child how to, you know, the, the child comes out at birth and, and it's ready, it has a sucking reflex to, to eat. You don't have to teach the child how to do that. It has a, a natural reaction built in, a natural instinct built in to do that. That is the earthly wisdom. These things are, are natural. If you touch a hot oven or a, some, a fire that's hot, nobody has to tell you a second time, right? You automatically know, I'm not going to do that again. Like, that was hot. So nobody has to teach me that I don't do that again. It's natural. That is an earthly wisdom. The next one, a sensual wisdom. Depending on what version you have, um, it can also say unspiritual. Uh, it might even say natural. But a sensual or an unspiritual wisdom, it's a soulish wisdom. A soulish wisdom of the mind. It's of the mind. It is acquired learning. Acquired learning. These, this is wisdom that if you go to school, you learn first grade, one plus one equals two, right? And you build up on that, and then you're on to subtraction, and then you're on to multiplication tables, and then you go on to division. And so you're building upon the knowledge. You're acquiring knowledge. This is a soulish wisdom. It's the wisdom of this world. It's the academic wisdom that people gain and begin to understand on how to uh, apply things in life. But this still isn't heavenly wisdom. This is a natural or a soulish wisdom, one that is acquired through learning and training. In fact, when you think of Moses, he, he was taught the ways of the Egyptians. When he was brought up as Pharaoh's 
uh, daughter's child, he was brought up in the court of Egypt. And so he was being taught the ways of the Egyptians. And so he was learning of their customs, their ways. It was this type of wisdom, a sensual and unspiritual wisdom, a soulish wisdom and acquired learning. And then the next one is, is demonic, or your virgin might say diabolical, a diabolical wisdom. This is a devilish wisdom. Just like God has wisdom, and you, you have to remember, wisdom is, because many times wisdom can get um, translated like it's always, always a good thing or it's always smart. But wisdom is not always a good thing. Diabolical wisdom is not a good thing. It's a devilish wisdom. All it is is that someone knows how to maneuver black magic, or they know the ways of the enemy. They know the, the black darkness, the ways in, in the realm of the demonic. And of course, you know, people that are involved in, in that realm, whether it's witches or sorcerers or uh, people that dabble in that, they're learning devilish ways. They're learning the wisdom of the devils or of the demonic. And so God tells us not to dabble in that, not to get involved, because that, that that can open a door to evil things into our life, obviously. And then the last one is the wisdom that comes from above. And that is pure and peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. This is not a, a selfish wisdom. This type of a wisdom, God is always going to be about others and your love for others and what is best for the kingdom of God. So even a wisdom that comes from heaven is going to be not for just self, but it's going, even though it will benefit you, it will benefit you. And that's why I'm teaching on it, because there's not enough value placed on wisdom. We kind of shrug it off like it's just eh, wisdom, whatever, that sounds boring. But wisdom, in fact, the Bible, we read it last week. It says that wisdom is the principal thing, the main thing. And with all of your getting, get understanding. And so the wisdom is the thing that we need to be going after because it, it plows the way for peace in our life. It plows the way for, for having a, a life free of strife and stress and free of even financial hardship, free of, of uh, enemies. It can, it can plow that way so that you are in a place of honor. So that if you will honor wisdom, then it will honor you. And so when you begin to read the word of God and you see all of the places where it talks about wisdom, you begin to go, man, wisdom is something to be valued. We're to go after wisdom because it's something that, that should be, we shouldn't be running after riches. We should be running after wisdom because with wisdom is riches and honor and long life. With wisdom, and see, that's the thing. The world tries to run after long life and riches and, and go after things and materialistic things and houses and cars and, and all of the things that they look at and say, oh, this is going to bring me happiness. Oh, this is going to bring me peace in my life. This is going to bring me honor, and this is going to bring me, a, you know, a position where everybody looks at me. But God says, don't honor that. Don't run after that. Run after wisdom. Because in wisdom, 
you find all of these other things. And so what I'm really trying to, to drive home this evening is value wisdom. Wisdom is the most principal thing. Let me give you an, an example. And while I'm doing that, go ahead and turn over to uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, because I'm going to read a little bit here that has to do with wisdom. But let me give you an example of, of divine wisdom. Divine wisdom, put it in a nutshell, principles from the word of God. That is really what wisdom is. Principles from the word of God. And whenever we grab a hold of the principles of the word of God and we apply them in our lives, you will be amazed at how things begin to fall in line. The thing is, people want, typically want like a, a shift overnight. But see, principles that we apply have to be done over and over and over and over and over. Time and time. It's got to be part of our being. It's got to be part of what we do. It's got to be our belief system, not just, well, I tried that. You know, I tried that once. It didn't work for me. No, it's got to be built in to your DNA. It's got to be built in. Why? Because I read the word of God and it tells me how to think. It tells me how to live my life. It tells me what to do. And when I follow that, then I see the blessing of God chasing me down. Then I see the blessing of God protecting me. Then I see the hand of God moving things out of my way because I honored him. You know, Miss Beverly talked this morning about honor. When we honor God with our, with our finances, then he will make sure that we are protected financially. But guess what? It's not up to God to move first. It's up to us. So we have to believe in that covenant enough to say, you know what? I'm going to honor that. I'm going to honor him with my first fruits. I'm going to honor him with my finances. And I'm going to believe that the word of God is true and that it's not a lie, that it is truth. And so it even says around finances to put them to the test. And so as I'm doing this, I can't even imagine now, like after doing that for so many years, I can't even imagine backing up on that now and not honoring the Lord with my finances because I can imagine if I did that, if we did that, and we, we pulled back on that, the things that would begin to happen in our life that, that the enemy would be able to come in and steal from us, the things that would just begin to leak out, the things that, it's like the holes in the basket. You're carrying the basket, and, and, and it's just pouring out behind you, and you, you don't even realize it until you get there, and you're like, I've got an empty basket. I don't have anything in here. Where did it go? What happened? Because I didn't honor the Lord with my wealth. And so that is one example. Another one, do not be unequally yoked. That's a principle in the word of God, right? Don't be unequally yoked. And most of the time, we use that around relationships, which is very applicable. But it also can be used around business. Don't be unequally yoked with a business partner that's not a Christian and don't, doesn't have the same belief system that you do. Because they're not going to make the same kind of decisions as you as a Christian. So they'll want to even possibly fund something that you aren't interested in funding that could even have an element of wickedness in it. 
and they're not going to honor the Lord. They're not going to think the same way. And you'll be wanting to make this decision, and they'll be like, no, I don't. Why would you do that? Why would you, why would you give so much money to the church? That's crazy. We could go over here and do this with it. So honoring the Lord, no matter what, no matter what, when you honor him, there's been a lot of people that, uh, Pastor Brad and I were talking about it uh, a couple days ago, and I was like, you know, when people truly believe in the word of God for their, for their life, and they begin to walk in it, uh, good testimony of that, Hi Lama, many of you know Hi Lama that's married to our son, Zane. When she first beginning, began to walk out the things of God in her life, she, she went to go get a job, and, but they wanted her to work on Sundays, and they also wanted her to work on, on Wednesday nights. So we had church both of those nights. She was, she was our praise and worship leader. And so she, she was like, you know what? I'm going to go in because she came and asked about it. And I said, you let him know that you don't work on Sundays. Let him know. That that's, that's the Lord's day that you're in church. You don't work on Sundays. And then come back and tell me what they say. Because many people are like, well, I can't do that. They won't give me a job. And I'm like, try it. Honor the Lord and see what he'll protect for you. And so she went and she said, I can't work on Sundays. And I also lead worship. So I need to be there on Wednesday evenings as well at church. And, and I, was, I, I was like, they're going to want you, first of all, because you're a prime candidate, because you, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you're not going to call off because you had a hangover from the night before, because you ha you're a woman of uh, integrity, and, and they're going to want you. So even living a holy life, like the word of God says, there's going to be an automatic desire to have you on the team, because you're living righteous, and they're not going to be worried about what you're doing the night before. And so that person doesn't call off work every other day. And so she went in, she told him, this is what I need. If you want me, if you want me on the team, if you want me in this position, then this is what I've got to have. They gave her the job. At first they were like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get a hold of you. And then they called her back. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Time and time and time and time again, we've seen that happen when people will believe what the word of God says. And I will say this too, <clears throat> what if they don't? What if they don't? What if they say, sorry, you know what? We have to have somebody that, that works on Sunday. We have to. <clears throat> and what if they turn you down? Do you not think that the Lord won't give you a better job because you honored him over somebody that you're probably not going to be even working for for the next 40 years. He will honor you when you honor him. The word of God is full of people that honored God first. They, you don't see examples of, well, this guy, you know, he... He believed in what the word said, but he decided uh, not to follow the word, and he was, he was afraid he was going to get fired, so, or he was afraid that this was going to happen. They were going to kick him out. They were going to do this. They were going to do that. So he went ahead and bowed to their system. You don't see that. You don't see that in the word of God. You see the Daniels that said, I'm not bowing. You see the Esthers that say, you know what? Even if my life is, is done, even if I go in and the king says, take her life, even if this is it for me, I'm going in. 
I'm going in and I'm going to change history. I'm going to stand up for my people and what is righteous and what is right. When you honor the Lord, he will move things out of the way for you. <clears throat> that is the wisdom of God. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, started, let's pick up at verse 6. It says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God, heavenly wisdom, divine wisdom, in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Now understand this. It says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The world doesn't understand it. That's why I say it goes against the grain. When you say that I'm not doing this and the whole world is doing it, they don't understand it. It's a mystery to them. Why are you taking, what's the big deal? Why do you have to be in church on a Sunday? Why does it matter? <coughs> it's not going to make sense to them. Why do you give your money to the church? Why do you tithe? Well, because the word of God says so. Why does it matter if you date a Christian or you marry a Christian? Well, because I'm looking at the word of God, and I know that that is one thing, that if I don't do that, then I'm going to have a lifetime of reaping the consequences. And we're going to be, because it's not about love. It's not about hot looks. It's not about, you know, somebody's looking nice, because that will shift in 30 years. There's a lot of shifting that happens with the body in 30 years. So that's not going to last. That's not going to, in 30 years, that's not going to be the top thing. What's going to be the top thing is if you're aligned in your belief system. Because that will bring peace in your home. And so there's things, do not be unequally yoked. That is a principle. If you live by it, it will save you a world of headaches later on when you honor the word of God. And it doesn't always make sense to the world. They're not going to look at it. Just like all of this stuff that's happened with, with COVID and, and everybody wearing masks. And if you want to wear a mask, that's totally fine. But the thing is, I know what the word of God says. I know it, my lot. I know it, healing is mine. So whenever I have that built in my DNA and everybody's screaming, you got to wear a mask to go in there. I'm not scared of a sickness because I have the blood of Jesus Christ over me and in my life. So I'm not walking in fear. And if you want to walk in that, that's totally fine. But I'm not operating according to the world's wisdom. I'm operating according to another wisdom, which is divine wisdom. So you will look different. You will look like a, sometimes an alien to the rest of the world. But that's okay. That's okay. Because God says that you're a peculiar people anyway. A peculiar. It's always a hard word to say. A peculiar people. So if they look at you like you're peculiar peculiar, then that's fine. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God, ordained before the ages for what? It says for what? For our glory. Now that's interesting. For our glory. 
I want to talk about two things tonight. Two things. What does wisdom deliver to you? Because I want you to begin to, to value wisdom. What does, do, what does wisdom, it's not enough just to say, well, I know what wisdom is now. Okay, divine wisdom, heavenly wisdom, I get it. What, what does it do for you? What does it deliver to you? Well, first of all, it says, for our glory. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Do you know what glory is? It's kind of one of those spiritual words that we use sometimes, but we're like, oh, I don't really know what that is, but, you know, it sounds good. <laughs> For our glory. The glory of God is the, the weight, the value, the ascribed value of something. So how many in here, if I was handing out diamonds tonight, would be like, yeah, I, I want one of those. Give me one. Because it has an ascribed value, right? We all know that a diamond has a certain worth to it because mankind will pay a certain amount for a diamond. But if I was handing out Tootsie Rolls, you'd be like, eh, whatever. <laughs> There's not, <laughs> okay, maybe a few. Maybe a few of you would go for the Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> but if I gave you one or the other, you'd probably go for the diamond. <laughs> okay, now I'm starting to question some wisdom in here. <laughs> But glory is to esteem, to honor, just like Beverly was talking this morning, to esteem and to honor, to ascribe value or weight to something and to, to look at something as honorable, to value it. So whenever we value something, we will treat it differently. We take things that are honorable, even if you continue with jewelry for a moment, if somebody is wearing something that costs them more, they take care of it a little differently, don't they? They put it in a place of protection. They're not going to necessarily just throw it somewhere and say, well, you know, I'll come back to that later. Or I want to make sure it's protected, so I'm going to put it up here where the kids can't reach it. Or I'm going to keep it in the jewelry box. Or I'm going to keep it hidden. Or if I have a nice necklace, I'm not going to wear it to the pool. You know, I will, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I wear it in the right locations and, and not out while I'm gardening necessarily. So there's things that, that we do differently because we honor that item. Well, it's the same thing when we have wisdom. When we have wisdom, guess what? You get treated differently. I want you to think about that for a moment. When you have wisdom, People will treat you differently. Do you know that when King Nebuchadnezzar had his dream in Daniel, in the book of Daniel, when he had his dream and none of his, none of his astrologers, none of his wise men could tell him, because, I mean, it was a pretty lofty uh, demand that he wanted. He was like, first of all, I'm not going to tell you what the dream is. You have to tell me what the dream was, and then I want you to tell me the meaning. So that's enough to make anybody kind of shake in their boots, you know? What? We have to tell you what you dreamed? So nobody could do it. But Daniel said, give me, give me time. Give me time. And he goes to the Lord, and the Lord shows him what the king dreamed. And then he told him the meaning of the dream. Well, what happened right after that? It says that King Nebuchadnezzar fell down prostrate in front of 
Daniel and actually demanded that people gave him gifts and burned incense to him. Immediate honor. Why? Because there's a spirit of the gods in him. Just like what, just like what he, they said about Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. See, there's something that happens when you don't look like everybody else and when you think God thoughts and when you live God's ways. There is an honor that comes with it. When you begin to rely on the wisdom of God instead of the wisdom of man, then all of a sudden people start watching. What it, and even if you come up with an idea, let's say you're an employee and now you're going, Lord, show me the answer to this problem that we're having at work. Show me what to do to solve this problem. Most people don't think that way. Most people are going, is it five yet? They're not looking at how they can help the organization. What do I need to do? Okay, we got 20 more minutes. I guess I'll just sweep the floor. Or I'll just stand here on my phone. Maybe nobody will notice. They're just doing bare minimum. Bare minimum. They're not looking for a way. How can I be a solution? How can I be an answer to a problem? Because when I do that, guess what? Doors are going to open for you. Do you think a boss is going to want to keep you on the back shelf when you are actually becoming an answer, to a solution to problems at work? The very first job I had outside of my, my family's business, I had been there for probably a week, maybe two weeks. And it was a, it was a waitressing job, but uh, part of what we did, we, we cleaned the dishes. We didn't have a dishwasher, so everything was, was washed and rinsed and all of that put away. After about a week of being there, I went to my boss and I said, okay, let me know anything that I'm doing wrong that you want me to improve at. That takes humbleness because I'm asking him to point out my faults. I'm asking him to tell me what, what needs fixed. But I did that, and he said, well, he said, you're a little bit, you take a little longer washing the dishes than what I would like for you to. You're a little, a little slow at that. And I'm like, okay. That's Tim. <laughs> so I said, all right. So guess what? I get to work on making sure the dishes are, are getting done a lot quicker. And I'm, I'm, I'm putting more speed behind it, making sure I'm doing it thoroughly and well, but I'm doing what he asked. Later on, it was probably a month and a half maybe two months, they come and they say, hey, come here, we want to tell you something. Uh, we don't normally give raises this early. We've never given anybody a raise this early, but we want to be able to, we want to give you a raise. And so because I was willing to learn, I wasn't treating it like, like you know, I'm just here to just barely get the, I, I'm asking, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do this job? What was going on? I was applying a principle there. You're the employer. I'm your employee. How can I work for you to the best of my ability? I had some help there probably because I, I grew up under two business. My grandfather was a business owner. My dad was a business owner. And so I heard for years issues with employees. So, you know, it was very ingrained in me, you know, what to do and what not to do. What made somebody stand out and what made them look really bad. So I, I gained principle and understanding through that. But that was wisdom.
That was wisdom at work. And so I would find ways to make that position the best that I could be. And there was favor there for me. And I know many of you are already applying that. I mean, I know you guys are probably like, yeah, Jesse. Jesse gets promoted. <laughs> and, but how does that happen? It's principles. Can you point to certain things that you have done, or is it just all luck? Is it, well, you know, they just... I can't point to anything. It just happened. I just, I just got, you know, certain increases or, or certain favor, but I really have no idea how that happened. There's certain things you can point at, right? Asking what you can do better. He's picked up certain principles along the way. And as he does that, there's favor. What is that? That's wisdom. That's wisdom at work. And what does it do? It honors you. Wisdom will honor you. And it will open doors for you. Hallelujah. Proverbs 3.35 says, The wise shall inherit glory, but the shame, sorry, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. Wisdom, listen to this statement. Wisdom is your escape from a life of shame. Wisdom is your escape from a life of shame. See, there's wisdom principles in the, in the word of God concerning marriage. See, not all wisdom is just wrapped up in like one, in, in one statement. There's wisdom for marriage. There's wisdom for raising your children. There's wisdom for jobs. There's wisdom around favor. There's wisdom uh, in how you, how you live life, a life of peace. There's wisdom around, you know, our heart and how to guard our heart. There's wisdom in so many different areas, but it's up to us to dig it out. If we don't search for it as a valuable treasure, it doesn't just fall in our lap. Even as I was raising our, our children, I went after it. I would read books, not just any book, not, you know, crazy, crazy parenting books that just say, oh, you know, never, never discipline your child. Just let them do whatever. And you know. I'm not talking about like stupid psychologists. I'm talking about like people that understand like how to raise children in the way they should go. And then when they're old, they won't depart from it. Like the Bible says, Christian uh, people that had principles in place. And I would read it and I would read it and I would read it and I would get these things in me so that I would know how to raise up my kids. There were times that it didn't look like everybody else. And then you get this voice in your head that says, you're not providing them enough opportunity. Because, you know, so-and-so, they're doing, they're making sure their kids are in this and in this, and in this, and this, and this, and they're running all the time. And they're in, but they look like they're getting exposed to all kinds of great things. You know, one's in basketball, and one's playing trombone, and the other one, you know, after they get done playing trombone, then they're off playing piano, and this one's in soccer, and this one's, and the family is like running left and right, and there's no family time. And so then there's this thing in your head going, am I doing enough? Am I providing enough? Am I giving them enough exposure? Am I, am I letting them do, you know, everything that the world is letting their kids do because that's what the world looks like? And then there's this thing on the inside of me going, no, we're going to do one sport a year because we're going to value family and we're going to value time 
with our family. And so there would be certain rules that, that I would implement. Did that other voice get loud sometimes? Yeah, it did, because you know where it was coming from? I can look back now and see it was fear. It was the voice of fear that you're not doing enough. You're not providing them with enough. But inside, I knew where I wanted them to be. And inside, I knew like there has to be core values built into them, and that's not going to be done by running them from 15 different sports and making sure they got dance and swim lessons and this and that and this and that, and, and then miss like the family unit and the core value of raising them in the foundation of the Lord. And now I look back, and I'm very thankful that I listened to that inner voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I placed a value on the things that mattered and not the way the world was screaming and not the way that the, the rest of the families were screaming. We got to keep up with everybody else. But what was that? That was, turn, turn to Proverbs. That was wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. Do you know what that is? You know what the gates in the city are? It's the, place, it's the place that decisions are made. Because in biblical times, the men of the city would meet at the city gates and they would discuss what was going on with the city and the decisions that needed to be made for the city. It was how things either entered into the city or came out of the city. She cries aloud at the city gates. What does that mean? In those moments of decision, she is crying out. Wisdom cries out. But we have to listen to her voice. It's interesting that the Bible talks about wisdom as a person and refers to wisdom as a she. God places a lot of value on wisdom. It talks about how wisdom was there in the beginning when he created everything. He was there in the midst of all of creation, helping establish everything. But it says she cries out. She speaks her words. Verse 22 how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you, meaning the spirit of wisdom. There is a spirit of wisdom. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all of my counsel and would have none of my rebuke, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. But if you go through in, in chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, even through 8, it's talking about wisdom. I, would, I would really would encourage you to read about wisdom this week. 
Read Proverbs. Read about wisdom and everything it does because I don't have time to go through it all tonight. But it, it talks about how wisdom, if you apply your heart to understanding, if you cry out for discernment, if you lift your voice for understanding, if you search for her as silver and for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. It talks about how wisdom is a peace. It's a shield around you. It will protect you. It talks about how wisdom gives you safety and deliverance. Wisdom is profitable. So in all of our getting, we're to get wisdom. Well, I already talked about how, what does wisdom deliver to us? It delivers glorification. Not that we're to run after glory for ourselves because we're not. But it is, it is an attribute that is given to us when we walk in wisdom. It automatically follows us. It, it automatically honors us. Not because we're searching for the honor, but we are looking to have wisdom in our life and those things naturally come into our life. Let me quickly go over the second one because this is a very important point. What else does it deliver to you? It delivers stability. Stability. How many of you want to live in a house that's, that's ready to topple over at any minute? You're looking at it going, it uh, looks a little shaky, but I'll take it. No. We want a house of stability, right? We want a house that's safe. We want a house that, that is, it, it looks sure, a sure foundation. Well, many times we talk about the power of God in church, and we're all about the power of God. Because the power of God has to happen. There has to be the power to break bondages and to deliver people and to set the captives free and to see the lame walk and the blind eyes come open. You have to have the power. But without wisdom, it's not maintained. Samson. He busted up a lot of things, didn't he? He busted up a city. He, he pushed the pillars. The temple comes down. He picked up a whole gate and walked out of the city with it. He killed uh, a thousand uh, foxes or tied their tails together, and they, they ran through fields, setting the fields on, on fire. He killed a lot of men. He was strong. He had power. But there was not a government that was built because he lacked the wisdom. He was setting the captives free, but he could not build a government. It could not ride on his, on his shoulders. Why? Because he lacked the wisdom. He walked right into the, the arms of the enemy and told his secret, yeah, my strength comes from this place. And she did not honor wisdom. She did not honor the things of God. And she cut his hair, and that's where his strength was found. And he was, he was lost from that point until the last day of his death when he said, God, give me strength one more time. Let me die with the Philistines. And he, and he pushed over the pillars, and the temple came down on a bunch of ungodly people and killed more ungodly people in that time and in that moment than his whole life. But he could not build a government that would be ruled and established and reign because he did not operate in wisdom. Even the church, when the early church, we love to read about Acts, right? The book of Acts and all of its power and all of the things that were happening. But did you know 
that it had the church had to be established in wisdom or it would not have been there would not have been stability there were times when the apostles had to come back together and meet and go what do we do about this issue you know the gentiles uh they're receiving the baptism of the holy spirit what are we going to do with that they would fuss over it. Well, do we require that they be circumcised? Well, do we require this? Do we require, do you think God really is, is favorable about them? Like, there's evidence. we got to figure out what to do here. And they had to come to conclusions. And they had to, like, use the wisdom of God to, to hash out these situations to be able to move forward and have stability in the church. So there's wisdom is how the foundation of something will be built. Power can knock something over. Power can deliver something. Power can conquer something. But wisdom is establishing the roots. And it wisdom is how things are governed and ruled. It says, by me, wisdom, kings rule and princes govern. That is valuable. That is truly valuable because you are kings and queens of your home. You are, the, you are the priesthood of God. We are to rule and reign in our homes in the areas of influence that God has put us over, but we have to do it in wisdom because without wisdom, then it's not established well. That's why the Bible says that by wisdom, a house is built. And it's by uh, understanding that it's made firm or secure. And by knowledge, its rooms are filled with valuable treasures. It wasn't, it didn't say by love and lots of emotional feelings. Get that. Good marriages are not built on love and emotional feelings. And lots of intimacy. That's not how good marriages are built. It's built how? By wisdom. By wisdom. There's principles that a good marriage will have in place to protect that marriage and to keep it safe. That's how a good marriage lasts. There were certain things whenever we got married, we vowed we would never use the word divorce in our marriage. And we never, we've never broken that rule, ever. We have never threatened each other with divorce. We have never said, uh, you know, a hateful, uh, you know, we, we haven't allowed hateful speech to come out of our mouths toward each other. I'm not saying we haven't had arguments or had disagreements. And there's, there's times, yeah, that things can get heated, but we have never allowed ourselves to say hateful things like, I hate you, or you make me sick. Things like that, we don't allow it. There is something that we, we, from the very beginning, said we're not doing it. We're not doing it. That principle has kept our marriage. Is it the only one? No. There are others, like we don't allow ourselves to, to uh, be with the opposite sex without someone else being present. There had been times in Pastor Brad's previous job <clears throat> that he had to go in meetings in Charleston and there were other workers that were females. Well, let's just carpool. Are you the only one going? Yeah, nope, can't do it. Not, not, gonna, not gonna entertain the idea of allowing someone else any kind of compromise. We don't talk e about marriage with the opposite sex. We make sure that if we're giving counsel, 
we do it together where it's man on man, female, female. But we do not give. I don't sit down with someone else's husband and, and give any kind of marital advice. He's got to be with me. Why? Because we're protecting our own marriage. Because too many marriages get tore apart because of those little things that they did not ever see that it would slip in. They didn't foresee that. But wisdom seeks out the knowledge of that beforehand, so there's a protection built in. You see what I'm saying? Stability. Wisdom brings stability. Joseph, when he, when he governed the, the country of Egypt, how did he get in him, his position? First of all, by power, because God gave him the interpretation to Pharaoh's dream. But it was wisdom that brought stability to the land in the midst of the famine. It was the wisdom of knowing, what do I do because this situation that's coming? Well, Pharaoh, this is what I would do if I were you. I would, over the next seven years, begin to stockpile food because there's, got, there's a famine coming, so you better prepare for it. In every city, I would begin to stockpile food. And then when that time comes, then you sell the food back to the people. And not only does it take care of Egypt, but it will take care of the surrounding countries. That was wisdom. That was wisdom. It was the power of God that gave him the revelation of the dream. But it was the, the wisdom of God that sustained them through that time and brought him into a place of honor. Because Pharaoh says, oh, you're a wise one. You got the job. So he was elevated from the prison to second command in one day, just like that. Why? Because wisdom shines above even if that person has a higher position than you wisdom will cause you to shine greater than them isn't that an amazing thing value wisdom value wisdom let me end by saying this one of the biggest things that will bring wisdom in your life obviously the word of god Getting the word of God in you because that is going to bring the, the tools in your life. But I'm telling you what, you've got to read books by men and women of God that have already gotten certain things figured out. And don't tell me I don't like to read. Because you, you want to know what my, my answer is to you going to be? Okay, stay stupid then. I don't mean it to be mean, but that's the truth. Because if you refuse to value wisdom and gain the knowledge and the understanding that other people have already figured out, then you're making the choice to stay ignorant about whatever it is that, that God has already packaged up. And he's saying, grab a hold of it, unwrap it, it's for you. There's packages there, ready to go. Open them up and apply them in life. Books. Preaching, these are the most valuable sources for you to begin to tap into, to gain wisdom in your life. There are men, of, men and women of God that have already tapped into certain areas in their life. They've got things down to a T in, the, in that particular area in life because they have studied it and they've been through it and they've walked through it. Some of them have had horrible marriages and they figured it out because they were determined and they said, you know what? I'm not going to let this happen again. I'm going to fix this. And they come through, and the very thing that the enemy tried to steal from them became the thing that God now glorifies in their life. Same thing with faith. 
Same thing with, with business. See, God can give a business idea and inspire you, and you're all going to know about it, but you've got to have the wisdom to sustain the business and to carry it out. Somebody can have a tremendous idea but have very lousy business sense, and it flop. Not because they don't have the, the ability, but they're lacking the wisdom to see it through. This is why wisdom is so important. It is the, the very element to your success. The very element to your success. Minister Lee Howe, can you come to the keyboard, please? So wisdom is based on your daily routine. It's not based on, uh, well, I tried that one time. You know, I read that principle, and then I, I tried to put it to work, and, you know, it just didn't work for me. You, you, it's, it's a lifestyle. Wisdom is a lifestyle. As you gain the knowledge and the understanding, wisdom is applying it. Applying it in your life. It's the chief thing. It's the principal thing. And in all of our getting, we get understanding. Why? Because wisdom comes through the meditation of the scripture. Because you can read through there and there's a lot of wisdom wrapped up in Proverbs alone. Well, I read three chapters of Proverbs today. Yeah, but did you digest any of it? <laughs> did, you, did you have a, a, a takeaway from it? Did you get something out of one scripture that says, hmm, that's good. I need to apply that. I didn't realize like this brings this benefit in my life. And if I apply this, then this comes. So we've got to value wisdom. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Many times people are running after the things when really we need to be running after wisdom. Because when we run after wisdom, just like Beverly said this morning, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these other things are added unto us. It just, it, it's just like a natural. It just, it comes. Why? Because we seek first his kingdom. His kingdom is his principles, his, his, how he governs his kingdom. So if we chase after, Lord, I want to know how, how things are done in your kingdom. Because I know they're not done the same way here on this earth. I want heavenly wisdom. Give me a spirit of wisdom. Give me a spirit of revelation that I may know you better. That I may understand your ways. Begin to pray that this month. And then see how be God begins to drop things in your spirit. And even as you read the word of God, how he just begins to open your eyes to things that you've never seen before. Every day, pray it. God, give me a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that I may know you and the hope to which you have called me to. Let's bow our head. Father, that's my prayer for every person this, this evening. And even as we've talked about wisdom, Lord, that we want to value wisdom above all else your principles, your kingdom. So I ask you tonight, 
that, Lord, that you would give us, give this church amazing wonders of wisdom. Father, that we would walk with the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that our eyes would be open and enlightened to the word of God and the kingdom principles of your word. Lord, that we would establish in our heart that no matter what what your word says, that's how we adopt our thinking, that we don't operate according to what's been passed down through lineage or passed down through culture or passed down through worldly thinking, but we adopt what you you say because we know it's the sure way it's the truth way so we declare today that we stand on your word and believe father that no matter what it says we we believe in it we believe in the word of God and if it says if we will be bold and courageous and stand on it then we will see the benefits come to pass in our life change our hearts father that we will walk and talk like you Now, if you're here today and you have yet to ask Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of your life and you're going, yeah, I I, I hear the message, but I haven't been walking such a wise road of, of the Lord. I haven't been making godly choices, but I see the value in it and I see how my life is dependent upon the word of God, his truth and his principles. And if you were to say to me today, you know what? I want to be part of that kingdom and I want to apply that in my life. I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life, that he wipes away every sin, every every wrongdoing in my life and I can stand before him knowing unashamed that I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ and that he has become my sacrifice, that he has been the one that took my place, that took my punishment so I don't have to. And if you can say that to me today and say, yes, I want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord of my life life. If that's you today and you would like for me to pray with you, then I'd like for you to just slip up your hand so I can pray with you today. One last moment. Anybody in here today? Yes, I want to ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart. And this is what I want you to do this week for yourself. Begin to read through Proverbs. Begin to read at least through chapter 8 this week. And begin to walk. Walk these things out. And don't don't speed read it. Read it it as if you're like getting a hold of gold nuggets. And think about it. and, And just inspect it. And digest it. And Man, that that's good right there. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna slap that up on the on the refrigerator and I'm gonna look at that every single day. And I'm gonna apply that in my life. I'm gonna get that in my spirit and get that in my heart. Cause I'm gonna I'm gonna be a, a man of wisdom or a woman of wisdom. Amen. Hallelujah.